What's up, Redhead Racing Radio? Andrew Curlin here with, hey, Jason Schultz. How about that? Right in the intro, I got all Thank of our names. Thank you for introducing me, Andrew. It's great to be here. It is. Yeah, yeah, welcome. Jason's our first guest here on the Redhead Racing Radio. I'm your host, sole host. I created this, po- I created this podcast. I am not a guest. <laughs> hey, you said happy to be here. So, I mean, which one are you? Or are you just happy to hey, be here? Hey, I want to... I'm very happy to be here. And I have some questions to ask you first. Before we get into any racing action, we like to, I don't know, I just like to ask Andrew things about his life. So you've been living on your own in college now for like a month and having no dining halls this year, you're actually having like an apartment, having cooked for yourself. I'm wondering what kind of thing, what were you cooking? What's a 19 year old cook for himself in his new apartment? Okay, wait, first of all, do you want to guess how many times I've gone out to eat? Well, probably few because you're not really supposed to be going out in public and eating food. Okay, but like, but like carried out or taken out, I think has since I've been here, it's been under five times for three and a half weeks. That's pretty good. Then what are you eating? Right. You're cooking food for yourself. I'm making you chicken. I'm making chicken in the pan. Okay. Bratwurst, mac and cheese, some eggs, toast, pizza, um, potatoes, chicken tenders. We had garlic bread a few nights ago, pasta, spaghetti. <laughs> That's what you have for this dinner, is, gar- This is the 4034 menu that you're getting right here. Now, people know where you live, so good job <laughs> telling people where you're at. Hey, you don't know anything other than our apartment unit numbers, 4034. I bet I could figure out within five minutes where With apartment complex is. Without using snap maps? You're not, you don't even have yours on anymore. Yeah, it's on. Pretty sure. No, it's not. I used to check it before I'd call or FaceTime <laughs> you just to see if you were on your phone. So I don't disturb, if you're not having been on your phone in a while. Yeah, yours. Oh, I guess it's on now. Maybe I've been looking the wrong state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arizona's down okay, in the south, that's, uh, You're cooking more stuff than I thought you would. My Like when I first got a kitchen, I actually had a half dining plan when I first started living in an apartment. Mm. And, my other thing, I'd just cook like chicken and salmon. I'd like that's the only things I'd cook all week because that's all I knew how to cook. But good to know you're you have a larger palate than I did when I was a sophomore. Oh yeah, we've got the grocery list going. The only thing I have to figure out is like chicken expires a lot quicker than I thought it did. So like the first time we cook chicken, freeze it. Yeah, we have it in our fridge. Should I put it in the freezer? Yeah, you can freeze chicken and use it whenever you want. Oh, man. All right. Do you not You're know opening that? my world up. I thought it just had to be refrigerated. Like, I didn't know you could freeze it. Yeah, so. Freeze it easily. So, like, we bought this chicken, cooked a little bit of it, and then, like, three days later, it just reeked. And we're like, we can't eat this. So, and the first time I cooked chicken, it was heavily undercooked. So, but I've got, I've got it down now. Although I did almost, like, start a fire the last time I cooked chicken. So, it's still a work in progress. All right, mate. <laughs> Maybe you're not doing as well as I thought you were. <laughs> so hopefully we'll keep seeing Andrew every week. Unless he burns his apartment down trying to cook chicken. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why you got to keep wait. tuning in. Yeah. Yes. Last, well, I want to ask you one more thing about your apartment. Um, I know this is a podcast and not as visual, but maybe Andrew will tweet a picture of this. You've got some interesting flags. <laughs> I'm not up doing in your a picture room. of the flags. No. <laughs> Can you describe each and every one of them? I will describe one of them. Um, no. Okay. Can I pick the one? No, you can't. Cause I know the one you're picking. My roommate did order that, that one. Has sexual things on it. Um, who did? I, I will say there is, there's one. It's, um, it's OJ Simpson in his getaway car in the Ford Bronco with all the police behind him. And it says the juice is loose. Um, we have that behind our couch. 
And Why? then, okay, I'll share the other one. Why? I don't know. It's just like a, a funny thing. My roommates, my roommates did pick them out, but I'm like, hey, these are funny. So, and then the other one is, have you ever seen Step Brothers? Yes. You know the scene where they're wearing tuxes at the job interview? Yes. Yeah. So it's them wearing the tuxes in the job interview and the text above it, Tyler, get ready to bleep this out. But it's, we're here to, ah, see, I don't, he'll do it, right? Say it. Okay. Just it say says it. we're here to f*** it up. <laughs> Are you? Oh, yeah. All, to, all the time. What's the one with the girl on it? Yeah. I'm going to plead the fifth on that. I'm, that's not, that's not podcast quality. Tell us. No. Everyone's going to tweet you to tell us, so you better tell us now or you're going to have to tweet a picture of I'm it. I'm not tweeting a picture of it. No, I will just continue to be silent on this one. But. Tell us. But that one did appear accidentally one time. I was sitting at our dining room table for class, and it popped up in the background. I'm like, wait, I got to get this off quick. So. Now, that's probably typical college. Yeah, yeah. Guys dorm. Think of it that way. All right, if you're not going to tell. Typical college flag. Well, truly, if you're not going to tell us about the flag, you should tell us something else that's truly miraculous. I don't know. I can't think of... It was 117 degrees the other day. Truly, that is really hot. No. (laughs) Yeah, I think, truthfully, that's very warm outside. It is warm. I got heat exhaustion the other week. Bad. Don't do that. Yeah. No, it was not fun. Okay. Hey, Andrew, guess what happened over the weekend? We were racing at Darlington. That is true. It's first week of the playoffs. It, uh, I think I mentioned this last week. It did not feel like the playoffs. Like, it's just a weird, like, it's, I like Darlington in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. It was just, it, the hype wasn't as big as there. I also think, first of all, NASCAR needs to do a completely better job at promoting the playoffs in terms of bracket, like, filling out your grades, yeah, your brackets. That, like, the whole world got robbed of doing that this year for the NCAA tournament. And then NASCAR has a grid, has a bracket. I think they promote, like, the first few years of the playoff format, they did it. They, like, fill out your brackets, you know, make your predictions. It's such a fun, engaging way to get fans involved and excited about the playoffs. They need to do that more because I think that would hype, increase the hype by, like, 50%. Yeah. No, and they did that, like, the first year. Like, it was on their website. I just said that. Oh, did you? Okay. But, yeah, throw some money in it, too. Like, who can get the most perfect bracket? And yeah. I think that'd be... Really fun to watch. I know, you know, people print them out. I know you did that and, and kind of filled it out on your own, but they yeah. should have. They don't make it. E- yeah. They don't make it easy to do. Like you've got yeah, to like, market the bracket. Bracket. Yeah. That's something huge. Missed and you know, it's so easy Peach- and you can almost tie this in with what? fantasies. You can make that a fantasy thing. And it's literally just like how ESPN and March Madness does it yeah. with like percent accuracy per round. I would love to like not have to calculate that. And they were able to tell me like, Hey, your first round of 16 was 80% correct, or I, I don't yeah. know the exact what, what it would be, but, you know, I, w- I think that'd be fascinating. I think it'd be very difficult to get a perfect bracket, and I don't think that's ever happened March Madness-wise. I don't think it would happen with NASCAR, mainly because we made our predictions last week, and I think we are already going to have, there's a chance two of our things are going to be wrong. There's a chance Austin Dillon's going to be able to advance through this first round because he finished second at Darlington. Yep. Who saw that coming? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think he's gonna advance? No, I think he's gonna. Well, he's got he's only ten points. That's the thing. Two yeah. races, especially with Bristol being such a wild card, and you look at Darlington, you're like, okay, this should be pretty straightforward. But Austin Dillon surprised us. 
Ryan Blaney had issues going to the garage. Uh, you know, obviously with the playoffs and racing, there's going to be things that are unexpected. So with two more races, I can guarantee you someone above the cut line is going to have an issue. And I bet you people below the cut line will flourish. I mean, I think it's Boyer and Almarola who are on the line right now, plus minus zero. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of racing still to go, even though there's only two races we're talking about. You don't believe in Boyer. I believe in Boyer. His best two tracks are coming up, so I think he'll be good. And I think it's harder than you think to get above the cutoff line because last, like when we would see guys fall below in previous years, it's not guaranteed that if they're a really good guy that they're going to advance and they're going to be able to make up that ground. So I think Blaney's going to have a tougher time. Yeah. I think Brist, it's going to come down to Bristol. Blaney's going to have to have a really good run to advance, and we'll see what happens. Austin, I think he needs to have another. He needs one of these next two races has to be another stellar run. And he needs to get play. I mean, stage points. And let's see if he does that. He can advance. But for sake of my bracket, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I, I, so man, I was so much wishing he would because imagine the upset that would have come with it. Like Austin Dillon, a guy that you would have counted out easily, easily. Because he hasn't the first couple done rounds. anything all year. And you know what? I, I thought it was really neat that like this race he was in second you know he raced his way up there he had a clean executed race and put himself in position to win now i think what what troubles me a little bit more is is that was an out of the blue performance like you don't really expect that out of austin dillon weekly and maybe he found something and, and they were able to turn it on for the playoffs and you know there are teams that can turn it on for the playoffs but i personally don't think i think he will drop below the cut line once we get to the end of bristol and I think Blaney is that one guy who can claw his way forward. I mean, at this point, with points established, you have two groups. Groups that are racing to win, racing to advance, and racing to be the leaders of the playoffs. And then you go a little bit mid-pack towards the cut line, both above and below, who, just like we saw at the end of the regular season, racing to not be eliminated. And the NBC broadcast talked about it. There seems to be two different sets of strategies going on. And, and I think with Blaney and, and these guys in the cut line, they're going to put themselves in better positions to pick up stage points than guys like Harvick, Hamlin, Joey Logano up front. Right, Alexa? Shut up. <laughs> um. I didn't realize, I thought Blaney was only like 10 points He's back. He's 17. actually 17 yeah. points. And so is DeBenedetto. I think DeBenedetto's yep. done. I think he needed a good race on Sunday to just be in the conversation, but I don't think he's going to be that good at Richmond. Maybe, he, like, he might finish fifth at Bristol, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think he's, I had him out. I just don't, he's just not been that good this year. Like, it's been few and far between when he's had good runs. So, that's where we stand. We'll come back to the playoff grid uh, next week after Richmond talk about it. But let's dive into some more of the things that happened on track at um, Darlington because I think we have large disagreements about the how the races unfolded, not in the sense of, like, who won and who, you know, wrecked each other and stuff like that. But I think we're wanting to debate the definition of clean racing. So... If you watch the races on this weekend, Saturday, Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin were battling for the lead with two laps to go. Denny um, was trying to pass Ross and then aggressively drove into turn three and slid up in front of Ross, and they made contact, both hit the wall, both lost the race. Flash forward to Sunday, very similar thing. Martin Truex Jr. is trying to make a pass on Chase Elliott, pushes it a little hard in turn one, and then slides up and isn't clear and wrecks and not wrecks but 
gets him uh, his 19 car and Chase his number nine car both into the wall. They both lose their race. Very exciting moments. I'm not going to lie. Probably the, the Xfinity race was phenomenal. I tweeted this. Can we please use the Xfinity series cars for the cup race? The cup race was blah, like nothing special. That was one moment at the end that was pretty entertaining and enjoyable to watch. I can tell you, I was like after that Ross and Denny incident, I was charged up for an hour. Like, really? I couldn't believe that happened. Really? That so, is so interesting. I think we're in the complete opposites here. All right. Let's start off. You tell me what your, your perspective on that last lap or two laps ago battle between Ross and Denny. Yeah. So what I, I'll, I'll kind of go back to what you said. Like you, you had, you were charged up after the Ross Chastain incident. I tried to put myself in Chase Elliott's shoes on Sunday and man, I'm like, man, if I'm in Chase Elliott's shoes right now, I'd be fired up. I'd be so upset at the 19 and and in Ross Chastain's situation, I was feeling the exact opposite. I'm like, man, that was fantastic racing, good hard racing. And here's my thing. They, Ross and Denny were racing for 15 laps before that. As clean as you could be. Denny Hamlin tried probably like eight or nine different ways to try and pass Ross Chastain. And Ross Chastain was just resilient. They, It was phenomenal, good, hard, clean racing up until... You know, coming, but it. Hold on. Up until it wasn't good, hard, clean racing. Up until there was contact, but but I don't think it was a dirty move, because Denny Hamlin went to the corner deep. They're going to take the white flag. It wasn't like Sunday where this is like 15 laps to go and Truex. I'll get into that in a minute. But Denny Hamlin, they're they're racing for the win at this point. Denny Hamlin's got nothing to lose. He's going for the trophy. Ross Chastain's trying to win his first race in the NASCAR Xfinity Series season. Neither of them are going to give up. So Hamlin goes dive bombs. He tries to pull off a slide job at Darlington. I know it's not the most traditional racetrack to do it, but he tried it. Ross Chastain committed to the corner, went hit the wall, and that's what caused him to hit Denny Hamlin. If Ross Chastain took it a little bit easier into that corner... No doubt in my mind he would have crossed over Denny Hamlin and won that race because Hamlin got into the wall. There was no contact up until after Hamlin hit the wall and after Ross hit the wall. It was almost two personal mistakes on their part. Hamlin drove it into the corner way too deep. Ross Chastain could have crossed him over but was also committed to the corner, and they both ended up wrecked. I thought it was a complete clean racing move, and both of them said afterwards that it was fun racing. All right, I'm not denying it's fun racing. They, the, they were racing cleanly for 15 laps. But the moment you make contact with each other, it's not clean racing anymore. Yes, 15 laps worth of clean racing, that was fine. But once you hit each other, that's not clean. And Denny had no intentions of making that corner cleanly. He knew he couldn't get around Ross. It was impossible. So he was going to send it off into the corner, get in Ross's way, and prevent him from coming off turn four with the lead. And that's exactly what happened. Clean, if he was making, like a slide job is not a clean pass. Like if you perfectly execute it and don't hit anything, sure, it's clean. But normally you're going to hit the wall, hit someone. Like if you hit anything, make any contact, that's not clean. Look up the definition of clean. It says like without contact or without making marks or anything. So that was, it wasn't clean. And I'm not saying it was dirty move. Like it's a racing move. However, if you're going to race like that cleanly for 15 laps and Denny's this veteran cup driver who's got all these wins and all this experience and knows how to race really well like that's not the move you make like make or try to make pass them cleanly 
I know it's a win, but for him, it's a meaningless win in an Xfinity Series race that doesn't really matter to him. But for Ross, his whole season's on. He hasn't won a race all year. He's trying to get in the play- secure spot in the playoffs. He's trying to finally win. He earned his position up front, and then Denny just kind of takes a cheap, dirty, not, I don't want to call it a dirty move. So then what do you, so, just, so this is kind of a follow-up make it question a fair here. Pat, so if it's not clean, but if it's not dirty, then what is it in your book? I don't, dirt, when I think of dirty, it's like unintentionally wrecking someone. Like, I thought you said Denny Hamlin even, went in there with full intention of not nope. making the corner. And by the way, there's no way of proving that. I didn't that. say he, if you know, Den, if you've watched Denny Hamlin race for the last 15 years, you know he can clean, he can successfully make passes for the lead. And that was a very aggressive, I don't care, I'm going to get in front of him no matter how I can. Do you agree he can make, he could have, tried to pass Ross. If that's on the last lap, it's more acceptable. But However, they're going to the white. I mean, a, it's basically, I mean, call it the last lap in, in one corner that it happened. It was basically the last lap. You don't think Denny had more chances to pass Ross in that race? Like, he had a whole other lap to try to pass him, but he decided to not even really Here's what give I think goes through his shot. mind. You try that slide job at Darlington. A slide job is obviously not the best way to pass someone because you can cross him over. And Ross Chastain was very close to crossing him over. I think in Denny's mind, he's going to try it, hope it works. But if he gets crossed over, then he's got at least another full lap to try something else. I think, I think a slide job in that situation makes more sense. I, I, I think if Hamlin didn't hit the wall and Chastain crossed him over, he wouldn't have done that again. And I think if it was under, if it was the white flag, I don't think you make that move. Or if you make that move, it's in turns one and two instead of three and four. I think he made that move because he knew he had more time. You make the same move on the last lap because you're trying to win the race if you're behind him in second. Like, it doesn't matter. You have to get in front of him. However, when you're a cup veteran, you can you have way more tricks in your book to pass He tried all those, and though. It's for, that was the thing. That was the prior okay. 15 laps is him trying different okay, ways to pass Okay, if you can't him. pass someone, if you can't pass – you know how many times in cup races you see guys battling – towards the end of the race and they don't just make contact and try to wreck each other to win they just kind of like it just accept it you're in second you can't pass it denny could have easily not accepted second place but he could have easily tried to pass it cleanly if you can't pass it cleanly then you just don't get it because for him it's a cup regular beating up on an xfinity regular like it's just not like he is a veteran he has way more experience he had he could have done it way better and I think I don't want to call it dirty. I'll call it rough. It was a rough move. And I'm not like, I'm not against the move. I think like it was entertaining. I love that part of it. However, and it's taught like we're able to talk about real racing stuff instead of aero packages. So that's always great. But there's like, you just don't like, that's not like you're Denny Hamlin. You're a veteran. You have better ways to, you have better ways and you can pass them in a more professional manner than just trying to like get in front of him, slow him down, put him in the wall and then win. And then even, win the race you lost the race to brand jones like if your spotter is telling you the 19 car is coming you could have probably knew well if i try to send it in here to get in the wall i'm probably gonna get passed by the car that's you know 10 car lengths behind that's still going to be able to have a clean corner and pass us both like it was just a bad move and it ended in disaster yeah i've said what i've said about it i think it's a racing move i don't think it's it was a racing dirty move. it's not clean it's not clean that move itself is not clean. I don't know how you can call a move where two guys get into the wall and hit each other. But he, okay, let's 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 go to the definition of dirty here. I I think a clean move I is, didn't say it was dirty. Is, is racing like I think that's completely 
under the a clean move is passing someone I think that's completely under the book of an acceptable move to make in that situation okay I don't think you mean clean that I think you mean fair a fair move okay. yeah it's fair to do sign that. me up for that it's then. not clean can you stop saying clean that was a clean move because that's that's what made me mad on Saturday is you keep saying it's clean making contact is never clean I think it was a fair move and it it, it had a large potential to be clean because of the circumstance that Ross Chastain crossed him over. I don't think it was as bad as you think it was. But we'll move Denny on. Was let's gonna let's hit go the to the cup race. Let's go to the cup well, race. Well, Denny was going to hit the wall regardless. Like, that was inevitable. And you Chastain could have crossed him over, corner. and Denny Hamlin would have screwed himself. But the, the thing is, Hamlin and Chastain both made personal mistakes in that corner that led to the contact. Whereas, if we go to the cup race... Truex, without trying to race Chase Elliott, like Hamlin and Chastain had done for 15 laps, soon as Truex gets to Chase Elliott, tries to go heavy on the inside, and when he's definitely not clear, goes, turns up, and he initiates the contact into Chase Elliott, wrecking them both. I thought that was not a good move. Complete. I thought that was a dirty move by Truex. And he even admitted like he was in the, he was in the wrong after the race. I don't think you want to call that dirty. It was a lot dirtier than the Xfinity race. Can we agree on that? No. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. Have you ever watched a cup race for the last three or four years where that was, it looked like it was going to be a typical pass for the lead in a cup race. But he was not clear. He could have, he he was, he was committed to sliding up before he ever heard the word clear. It was a mistake. But Denny's case, Denny sent the car off into the turn knowing he was going to hit the wall and he was hoping he would stay in the lead. Partly, That's partly because the extreme cars, you can actually hit the wall and like still be able to I don't race. Think you can, I don't think cars, you can justifiably say that was his intention. You can't, you can't confirm that that was his intention. You can't, you can't put those words in his mouth. I don't, you can't do that. Then explain what he was doing then. He was trying to make a clean pass? I, yeah, I think it was a clean slide job gone wrong. I hope you've, I don't think you've been watching Denny Hamlin race for the last 15 years. Like, it was a slide job, but it was not, like, he was a rough pass. You were going to hit the wall. He was diving in the corner, trying to make a pass, knowing he was going to hit the wall because you don't dive into the corner like that without risking contact with the wall. Truex did not dive into the corner. Truex took a normal line into the corner, was getting under chase, and tried to slide up, and he wasn't clear. That's a typical, like, that's happened in that similar kind of pass has happened in the Cup Series for years. Like, that's been the typical kind of pass. And Truex knew in that situation that it's impossible to pass with the Cup cars. Passing's difficult, especially for the lead. And if you have a chance to get in front of someone, you got to take it. So he tried to take it. You think he wanted to get into chase I and knock him the wall? Like his intentions it, were not to wreck. My problem with his it is he didn't try. Like, it was the first time they were passing each other and he gets into chase like if i'm chasing that situation i'd be really upset and i'm actually surprised he was that cool calm and collected after that race because if i was in chase's position i would be pretty upset at the 19 and and if the roles were reversed you know truex would be pretty upset with the nine if if chase elliott did that to him it's almost as if it's the playoffs and the intensity is supposed to be heightened. And I'm just saying, you don't really make that move with 15 to go. If you want to go that that more aggressive and, and, and do a riskier sliding up in front of someone when you're not necessarily clear, I think under five laps to go, yeah, that's fine. And after having raced each other and tried to figure out a way around Chase Elliott, I think that's fine. You know, Truex was clearly faster and he was reeling him in. 
if he failed to get that one pass in, I bet you he would have had an opportunity, even if it took him a couple laps to get back to Chase Elliott. Do you know why he made the move? Why? Because it's impossible to pass. Like, they had the terrible aero package at Darlington where they know how hard it is to pass. And multiple times on DBC the last, I don't know, it's been the last two years, the spotters describe it as when you're trying to clear a driver, you're trying, like, as soon as they might be clear, you're telling them they're clear because you have to, if you have a chance to get around someone, you have to take it because it's impossible to wreck. I mean, impossible to pass. And the only way to be able to pass someone cleanly is to race them like and that's what because that's what the cup package has produced. That's the kind of racing it's produced. And I want to talk about Chase and Truex not being mad after the race. It's the playoffs. You think intensity is supposed to be notched up because it's the playoffs and you've got to make it through the first round, get the next round. And it's almost as if they didn't care. It seemed like, yeah, it was right. Like, remember Jimmy and Harvick at Chicagoland beginning the playoffs? Maybe it was 2015. Yep. That was Jimmy. Was it Jimmy who went up to Harvick and like punched him in the chest? I think it was after the race, and that was like nowhere near the kind of move that happened on Sunday night. That was just kind of like a. It was probably I can't remember exactly what Harvick and Jimmy did, but it was just wasn't a, he just someone wasn't clear. It wasn't that bad of a move, and then this was a clear, like you cost them both the win. They both finished outside the top fifteen. Like why aren't you mad? Like I thought. Yeah, exactly. Seen, We're on the same page. Like, it's a little abnormal. Fontana Speedway oh, turning okay. on short track is the best thing NASCAR has done in the last 10 years. Let's do it to Kentucky, Texas Motor Speedway, Atlanta Motor Speedway. Let's create a short track inside Charlotte. Get rid of all these big in Michigan and Pocono. It was brilliant. I hope it's a trend of things to happen for the next decade. That's going to be cool. I kind of want to go to an auto club race where they're still racing on the two and a half. Is it two mile or two and a half? It's two. Yes. Anyways, I want to go and Why? see the big – Because, like, hey, that'll be, like, one of the last times, you know? And then go to the last short track. Last times to be put asleep. Yeah, last times being put asleep by a two-mile race. Is Lost Speedway's going to do a old Fontana episode? It won't be lost. It'll, it'll just be reimagined. Okay. All right, that's the show. Good job, NASCAR. Good job, NASCAR, making a good decision for once. Now, don't get rid of Chicagoland. Do the same thing instead of getting rid of Chicago. Ooh, that'd be or cool. Or go to a street course. I like that. Although Chicago is a great mile and a half. Like, you can argue... It's definitely... They're done racing there, apparently. So I would rethink that and create it into a short track. I don't want to lose it. However, it appears as they are done with Chicago. I hope not. That would be very upsetting. But hey, we got Richmond coming up. Then Bristol in the round of 16. It's going to be exciting to watch. Two races in a row with the low downforce package. I am so excited to see some passing. Aren't you excited for some passing? Aren't, aren't they both going to be Saturday night too? Yes. That's going to be awesome. And guess what? That means we get to watch NFL on Sunday. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. The most exciting sport in America. This is a NASCAR show, by the way. Just saying. I love pushing Andrew's buttons. I wish y'all could see his face when I say things like that. It's just... I don't know. It's just confusing. You you want the sport to thrive, but then you say things like that. That will drive people I away. Didn't. You think people are going to go watch the NFL now when I just told them that it's the most exciting sport? I don't think they're denying. It's the most exciting, most watched, I, most hyped sport in All America. I'll say is I think you got to – if you project that you believe in NASCAR, people will follow. And, and, and sending a well, good message about things will make people feel better about the sport and, and enjoy the sport more. 
I think people can Lead make their own decisions. That's what I say. And I'd like NASCAR to make decisions that make me excited about the sport. And fun, doing the thing to Fontana, that was I was very excited about that. Now let's do more of that and make more good decisions. And tell drivers to let's amp up the intensity in the playoffs and actually be mad at each other when you get ready. All right, everyone. The end. Thanks for listening to Redhead Racing Radio, podcast about the most exciting sport in America, NASCAR. Thanks for listening to Redhead Racing Radio. We'll be back next week after Richmond.